Welcome to the 26th episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. And returning to the show, just to, to be fair, we have Greg Katzman, Comic Vine writer. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. You're, you're, you're always welcome. I'd have you on every week if I could. But you're just uh, trying to figure everything out. So yeah, we, we had Matt on again on the, the other podcast on friday so mm-hmm. so i thought i'd and he's been on this one before so i don't want to be accused of any favoritism or anything like that i, I won't say you're playing favorites but you totally are with who with matt why, why do you say favorites. that what are you talking about <laughs> he's been here longer I no no i know i do get to review ninja turtles though so i get yeah. to hold that over him and i'm yeah. very happy about that yeah he's he's picking me up at or actually by the time this goes up and Sam, so I'm all confused again. He's he picked me up at the airport in Chicago, so because he's he's nice like that. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, usually. So um, I don't even know. Let's let's. So by the time, also by the time this goes up, we both should have seen Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of it? I'm kidding. <laughs> what, I would give it a six out of five stars. I mean, what? what how? Now, since we actually haven't seen it yet, um, yeah. what are your your thoughts, uh, expectations? I mean, did- truthfully, um, whoa, puberty just hit me there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, truthfully, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, when it comes to the comic book movies this year, it's actually the one that I'm least excited for. But that that's still a lot of hype, e- even though it's the least. You know, it's the one that I'm least anticipating out of uh, Kick Ass Two, Man of Steel. Um, I, I still am very excited for it. Uh, I, I'm specifically excited for a kind of a new direction for the franchise, which I think it needs. It's had a serious focus on comedy, and the uh, the action hasn't been that stellar. And this looks like it might provide a. I don't want to use the word dark and gritty because that word is thrown around so much, and then people will just say it's trying to copy dark Knight and yada 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 but it looks like it could be a new tone for tony stark and i think that would really be uh interesting to see for at least one chapter yeah um you know it's weird because i i think most people do or have liked the iron man movies you know robert downey jr has been been great but definitely but it's like when you think about my my prom and you know i I mentioned this when i reviewed the um the animator the rise of technovore where we often see the the villains are like armored villains. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just because Iron Man wears a suit of armor, doesn't mean he has to fight someone in a suit of armor. Cause even like in Iron Man two, you know, where he's supposed to be fighting whiplash and then, you know, we, we get the, the armored, you know, nemesis is, is in there. It's like, I, I, let's just, why can't we have something else? So at least now, you know, we have Mandarin, you know, hopefully, you know, and and although we do have extremists, which is sort of, but not really, I just mm-hmm. I just want something different, and it does look like we're getting that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I can't help but wonder, though, if his rings will have any kind of power behind them. Because up until, you know, Iron Man 2, I would have obviously said, no, that's not the direction they're going for. But now, tying into the Avengers and Thor, they're opening up the possibilities. And suddenly, having rings that have power within them wouldn't seem so far-fetched and hard to swallow in that universe. Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a tough call. I... I mean, we haven't seen anything, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean anything. I mean, maybe they're actually not showing everything that's going to be in a movie, but I, it it almost seems like I I don't think they should. I mean, personally, I I think even though we do have Thor, I think it might be a little hard. It's like here's this mystical ring that can you know freeze people or you know whatever. I don't even remember what what the rings do. Yeah. So I don't know. But then, how do you think? Um he can pose an end for like the cliche boss battle type thing that they'll need in the, in the end. Do you think he'll maybe turn his armors against them, kind of like an Iron Man two? Or I, I guess yeah, we'll have to see like what how much the extremis armor plays into it because you know we 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 know there's going to be a, people infected with it, and you know they're going to be attacked. Yeah, I'm 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 basing this off the the Lego figures. Where you know you, you see the extremist figures, and you know, we I think we, we we get a little glimpse of it in the, in the trailer, and like where you know there's, there's a room where there's a bunch of people like kind of strapped in these like vertical like tables, like, yeah. Like and and so I'm I'm assuming that they're they're getting the extremists put into them, and then I don't know where it's going to go from there. Yeah, that that seems likely. Um. What's interesting to me was the Captain America tattoo on the back of his neck. Yeah, it's, I don't get that. Yeah, and it seems like with his speech, he's uh, he's very disappointed with heroes. I imagine he was probably a fanboy at one age, and then through some event, he wasn't saved by Captain America, or Captain America failed to save someone he loves, or some kind of tragedy, and this caused him to turn his back on heroes, perhaps. I'm... I'm that's just all I'm getting from his uh, little speech yeah. that he has in all the trailers. I think his dog died during the, the attack. <laughs> when when the that was the one casualty of that war. Yeah, but and and the other thing is it's like then why does he end up calling himself the Mandarin? Yeah, you know yeah. that's going to be the other thing. So we'll see. And I mean, I, I I guess what I'm saying, I mean, it looks great. You know, the the trailers have, have looked really good and everything. And I, I think I'm I'm kind of with you where. I'm not, I am excited, but I'm not like super duper excited mm. where, you know, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I can't wait to see it, but I'm just, it's it's like my expectations aren't that high, which is a good thing. Cause when, when that happens and that's when you're usually, you know, pleasantly surprised. So. Absolutely. That's how I went into, um, X-Men origins first class. And I really, really liked it though. To be honest, that was because of, uh, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy. I thought they were a brilliant team together and just absolutely sold it. But, um, I mean, tying back to this, I I feel like Iron Man 3, not to downplay it, but it's almost the feeling of, you know, been there and done that. We've seen so much with Robert Downey Jr. You know, the charisma is still there. We still think he's such a likable character. But it's kind of this concern that it's seeing more of the same. And like you were saying, you know, it's constantly going up against armored enemies. And we've just seen so much of just Tony Stark being snarky and delivering good one-liners, but uh, hopefully we'll really be impressed, and I'm really hoping this will have a good tie-in to the, the greater Phase 2 universe. Yeah, I, I mean, and it 
the fact that he's he's going to get like beat down, you know, he's going to be deconstructed. So you know, we'll we'll have to see that. So I mean, <laughs> do you think they'll play that uh, Chumbawamba song? I get knocked down, but I get up again. I don't know. I'm not you, sure. you don't think that'll be on the soundtrack? I don't know. Maybe, but <laughs> I mean, it's, well, the soundtrack listing should already be out. Maybe it'll be like a secret, you know, track or something, bonus track, <laughs> pre-order only. I don't the know. Chumbawamba Iron Man pre-order is that even the band's name? Chumbawamba, yeah. It wait, is okay. Wait, is it Chumbawamba? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I actually um when 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 we had the 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 happy hour show the the whiskey media show and that some one time they were talking about it, it's like it's like oh we should have like a theme song or something like that and I was like why don't we get that song I was like the the rights have got to be so low you know the the, 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 the license it or whatever because you know no one can stand that song but then they're probably like no I mean I I bet it would it wouldn't be cheap even though the band oh, yeah. I, I don't I know they've had other albums and but yeah. We'll sell you the rights for a can of Diet Coke. Yeah, maybe. That'll be the new theme song for this podcast. Chumbawamba. <laughs> and then no one will want to listen to the podcast. The Comic Vine Chumbawamba. Although that sounds kind of dirty. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure there's a story where they got their name from, but I, I have no idea. And I, I never, I guess, felt compelled enough to look it up. So maybe someone will put that in the comments. They'll, they'll tell us where the name Chumbawamba came from. It's worth a Google. Yeah. And it's it's that easy, but not gonna do it now. Yeah. All right. So, see. So May May third is Iron Man three in the, in the U S. And mm-hmm. then, so the next movie, when does Kick Ass come out? I know um, that, that's a quick that right now. Cause... Quick quick search because Man of Steel is in June. So oh, I'm that's sure. not until August. Okay. So then we'll talk about Man of Steel. So that I think is gonna be the next movie. Why that, that's weird that there's only Iron Man and then Man of Steel. What wait, what other summer movies are there's, there? There's the Wolverine R- in July. That's right. And then I think R.I.P.D. I don't know when that's. I haven't even watched the trailer for that yet. I'm just uh, not very interested. Oh, <laughs> well, you can get to that. So Man of Steel. Um, mm. It's going to be interesting. And I mean, it, obviously, that looks great. And, you know, I don't. My my one problem with it, which I'm trying to spit out the words, is that it is another origin story. Which I guess we kind of need to go back. You know, you want to forget, you know, Superman, Superman Returns, Returns, even though that wasn't an origin. So, I mean, that was a good thing about that is it, it wasn't an origin story. It was supposed to kind of be in the same line as the previous movies, mm-hmm. I, I thought, even though it kind of didn't make sense. It's like, well, what happened and well, whatever. I don't want to talk about those. <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to spend our precious podcast time talking about Superman Returns. <laughs> so um man of steel and i i heard this before but just recently i think it was in entertainment weekly um david goyer was talking about it and you know because he i know i've heard him say this before that it's not just a superhero movie that it's supposed to be a first contact story mm-hmm. and i guess that's that's an interesting angle because we we haven't seen that in the other movies where the fact is he's an alien and yep. and and yeah, I, I know I've talked about this before. Where are people more accepting of someone who has superpowers, or would they be more accepting of someone that's an alien? I think they, if if they knew there was an alien, they would be freaked out versus some guy that could fly and shoot you know lasers out of his eyes. 
Yeah, I, th- I think as long as they're humanoid, they're kind of cool with it. Like Superman, even though he has a crazy amount of powers and he is an alien, he still looks like the guy next door. So it's not that frightening. But you have someone like Martian Manhunter come over. He needs to morph into a more familiar appearance. Otherwise, he freaks people out because he's just so scary looking. And then on top of that, he has powers. So it's it's both uh, frightening aesthetics and then being absolutely fearsome when it comes to all that he can do. I mean, what is it in Justice League of America? They're saying now they're going to prove why he's the most dangerous man on Earth. And based on the ridiculous amount of powers he has, he it's, it's a debatable uh, sentence, but I mean, it's, he's still way up there. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they, they do that. Um, I am a little concerned. It, it almost feels like there's going to be a lot that has to happen in this movie, you know, just because, you know, we, we are seeing the, the origin again and, you know, we're going to have scenes where he's a kid and, you know, we saw some great, great, footage in, in the, the recent trailer oh yeah that was so, that was an amazing trailer so i mean the movie is 148 minutes mm-hmm. so so almost you know two and a half hours um but you know you're gonna have to have his origin because we know there's krypton scenes i yeah. i just wonder is like are they gonna start the movie with that with like russell crowe and you know putting him in the ship and krypton blowing up or is that gonna be when he i, I assume you know goes to the fortress of solitude with the the crystals and all that, and then, you know, he there's me him as a kid discovering his powers, and then growing up becoming Superman, going to Metropolis. So it's it's, it's I'm I I guess I'm just really curious how it's going to play out, and and then you're going to have Zod come in and attack everything. So it, it seems like there's just a lot that's going to be shoved in here. Yeah, absolutely. It is a a lot to address. I I um think having it in proper order would make the most sense because it it kicks off with a bang that way i mean it's it's a little bit of sci-fi there right for everyone and showing us outside of our world as well as i mean apparently according to the trailer things on krypton uh it appears that war breaks out or something i we saw laser blasts going everywhere so it appears that the the destruction of the planet may not be natural in that case. Hmm. And uh, so I, I think that would be a great way to open it up, almost in the same vein as uh, as Star Trek, as J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, where it's literally this, it would literally be the same thing. It's, you know, an epic science fiction scene with the child escaping mm-hmm. and then the child's life and all the chaos that comes afterwards. I think that would be a, uh, a real great way to open it up just because you know it's it's adrenaline packed and it's it would be a real uh, crowd pleasing scene and a lot of eye candy just with the science fiction aspect of it a world blowing up and yada yada traveling through the cosmos and then we have baby clark on earth and from there i guess the story follows i mean i i have faith in snyder that he'll be able to handle it especially with christopher nolan producing so obviously if they go a different road with this film, uh, I'm obviously still likely to enjoy it, but I think that would definitely make a lot of sense. Did you see sucker punch? <laughs> Unfortunately I did. I watched it on one of my flights. So I spent $6 on that. Oh wow. I haven't seen it. It was, uh, it was, 
uh, it's it's a mess when it comes to the narrative. I think he was he was a little too ambitious, and mm. the result was a disaster. The movie looks great, yeah, has really fun action. So if that's like all you want going into it, then you may enjoy yourself. But the the narrative was just all over the place. That's, that's too bad because you know when, when it first came out, I was like, wow, this this looks you know visually this looks really interesting, and then. You know, right away that the reviews were not good, so I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to see it. And yeah, just... when it comes to Snyder, if people aren't familiar with his work, I would obviously recommend Watchmen or uh, 300. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Watchmen either. I mean, they and you know, I I thought that was fine as as a movie, and I I haven't seen it since it came out. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. I didn't love it, but I thought it was fine. Yeah, I was just surprised that the the girl in Sucker Punch. Is the same girl, which I'm, I'm assuming you haven't seen this in the Lemony Snicket's movie, the series. No, I have not. Yeah, so I, I saw that my, my my daughter likes. She really likes that movie. I was like, I don't know why. It's like, I mean, the, the whole there's twelve books, and and the, the whole series of the books there's these three kids, and they just have the worst luck. You know, their parents are killed, and they're they're you know going from like super distant family member to family member while this evil guy is trying to get a hold of them to claim their inheritance. And it's just like all this bad stuff happening, people dying and she loves the movie. So anyways, the girl uplifting kids, kids book. Yeah. But the, the, the girl in there, she was probably like, like she's supposed to be like, like maybe like 13, 14 in the movie. And then she became the, the what sucker punch girl. So I was just like, what? So that was, did, did that have Jim Carrey? Yeah. I actually did see it a while ago. Uh-huh. I rented it. I, I barely remember the movie, but I do remember Jim Carrey and the plot you just told me. Yeah, and, and Jude Law was like the narrator. So. I don't remember that part, so I am embarrassed to say that I do not have kids, and I did see that movie at some point in my life. Yeah. Well, I've seen it a, a few times. <laughs> my daughter's like, "I want to watch that again." I was like, "Again?" <laughs> like, all right. So, uh, what what do you think about having Zod in Man of Steel? We'll go back to. I mean, when was the last time we saw him uh, in I guess Superman 2, which yeah. was 1980 Yeah, around there. So I, I understand people, big Superman fans, would prefer to see a new character just because he obviously has a bigger gallery than that. But I think it would be difficult when it comes to a first film to have a character like Brainiac or someone else, or even, you know, rehashing Lex, Lex Luthor is the most obvious choice. Which I'm so, so I'm, glad that they're not going there. Yeah, it, it seems he's obviously in it. I mean, in the trailer, we at least see a building that he owns. Yeah. So he, and that may just be an Easter egg. He might have a minor role. He may have a, a bigger role that implies he'll, you know, be more important down the road. But uh, it's nice to see that he's probably not the key focus of the first one. And while... I understand the argument that people would rather see new characters. I do think Zod is a good character to use for an origin story when it comes to Superman. Yeah. The the interesting thing is, um, now how do you feel about Amy Adams as, as Lois? I have, I have no real complaint about that. The fact that she has red hair. No, I, I can live with small stuff like that. I mean, I, it would be nice to have her dye her hair, but I'm not going to get upset over someone having different colored hair. To yeah, be I mean, I'm not either because you know people are probably going to jump on me. There, know, there's 
there's so many bigger things to worry about, like her dialogue, her ability to deliver her lines, the actual plot. I mean, hair color at the end of the day, especially for Lois Lane, I'm not, I'm not bashing the character. I'm just saying when it comes to a Superman origin story, I'm kind of in it for Superman and she's essentially secondary. So a minor change. Oh, you're going to, now you're going to get people complaining. I, I can live with that. Bring it on. <laughs> there's um, like, there's a, a whole bunch of people that are just demanding more for Lois. Cause I mean, she's, she is basically getting pushed aside in new 52, which, you know, we, we can talk about that in a second, but I was looking on the IMDB page and there is a Lana Lang, um, cast oh she must be young super she's born in 98 so i'm assuming this is during clark's okay. younger years but yeah. she's actually a brunette and mm-hmm. so it's like they're, they're they're switching it but it, it kind of goes back to like um uh the toby mcguire spider-man where he had you know dallas bryce howard whatever was gwen even though she's really a redhead and then um what's her name was mary jane Emma, Emma Stone? No, 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 no. the other one. Kristen, no, no. what's her name? Oh my gosh, the uh, Tobey Maguire. I don't remember her name at the moment, Googling. Because uh, she Kirsten, had... Kirsten Dunst. That's it, yeah, name. oh my gosh. I believe I forgot that. Yeah, but you know, she had to dye her hair red. I think she dyed it red. I don't think it was a wig. But you know, she was really a blonde. So it's funny how they, they switched that. Yeah. And then there's, there's a thing about... Um, there's there's someone cast as Jenny Olsen, who's um we see her in, in a trailer. She's with um Lawrence Fishburne, who is Perry White. So mm-hmm. so there's a question: is is she taking the place of Jimmy Olsen, or is she gonna actually be Jimmy Olsen's sister? Yeah, I I, I remember that controversy, but then I don't recall the source, but I believe someone addressed it, saying that she's just a sister and that she's not the replacement. Yeah, but then it's like, why is she hanging out at the planet? And I don't think, I'm pretty sure Jimmy never had a sister. In this, she does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a tricky discussion because these are all, in the grand scope of things, pretty minor changes. But it all comes down to personal preference. Obviously, if you have Wolverine where he's blonde instead of Renette, that's a big deal. But then someone can come back and he's saying, well, why is it a big deal? than to you if Lois Lane has a different hair color. And for me, it's a matter of preference. I'm seeing this movie because of Superman and the new direction. I'm I'm really curious to see if they can make a fantastic Superman movie. And as as much as people are going to hate me for saying this, she is not the selling point when it comes to this film. I'm sorry that people disagree, and I'm sorry that I have a different opinion. You're Uh, not supposed to. I know. It's a terrible, terrible (laughs) thing, and shame on me for expressing it. It's it's just interesting that um, like so Lawrence Fishburne, great actor, and you know he's playing Perry White, who you know Perry White is a white dude, and yeah. but it's it's like that that's okay, and but if they took someone like let's say Jamie Fox, since he's playing Electro, like if Jamie Fox was cast as, as Superman, could you imagine? That ties back to the whole heated debate people were having about uh speculation over will smith becoming captain america yeah and it's it's yeah <laughs> this is a topic i'd just rather avoid <laughs> no let's get it no, i mean it, it's 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 unfortunate that you know some things are are acceptable 
Mm-hmm. And and I, I get you know if if you have the main character, and you know it's 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 when I when I brought up this discussion, it's just like you know Black Panther. If you cast him as you know you cast a white dude to play Black Panther, that's that's you can't do that because you know, yeah. that's not who the character is. Now, if you take someone like even like Superman, it's like does Superman have to be a white dude? You know he's from another planet, and you know that. Could he could he have like Asian features or Hispanic features and you know even like Dean Cain and you know Adventures of Lois and Clark you know he wasn't you know your your typical pure you know white dude yeah so it's it's weird how if it's if it's not the main character and you know I, I'm I'm kidding about the the Lois thing you know I, I I like Amy Adams I think she's a great actress and you know I I'm not going to be that bothered by her red hair but I it's something like that it it does seem interesting it's like why don't you just dye it or put out a wig you know they have nice looking wigs that could simulate it but it's yeah it's, that, that is a very very minor thing that i'm surprised that they didn't bother to address uh, i'm sure the conversation came up at one point or another and they said you know what it's just such a small thing that we really you know don't care about it but at the same rate if it's such a small thing it can't be that hard to just like you said, dye her hair or have a wig. Cause, yeah, because there there are people that are like I say are passionate about Lois Lane. You know, everyone is you know going on about Superman's seventy fifth birthday, but it's also Lois Lane's seventy fifth birthday. Yeah. You know, they they both appeared in in Action Comics. She, she had a great year over in the Injustice comic. Yeah, <laughs> that was so. Um, no, I mean, and, and those people absolutely have a right to be upset. I mean, that's what they're passionate about, and the characters and properly. Being represented, it's kind of like um, in the Wolverine movie with Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> Wade, I think Reynolds did a good job as Wade, but then once they turned him into Weapon, what was it Weapon Eleven? I believe. I don't know. It was just they should it, call it him felt, Weapon Zero because he yeah, was a it, zero. Ooh, <laughs> it, it just felt like too many huge unnecessary changes to the character. Like Cyclops in the movies, his his optic blasts produce heat. And that's not true in the comics. But, you know, I don't care because it's the film and that's a small change. But when you completely change a character, in, in this case, it's way more than just Deadpool's, uh, even though he doesn't have hair, let's say mask color. It was it was everything about the character. The powers were all different. It wasn't it wasn't Deadpool at all. Who I want to know who came up with that idea. It's like, OK, the Merc with a mouth. We're going to sew his mouth shut. Yeah, and, and then to top it off, Stryker is commanding him with a keyboard, just yeah. like he's a Pokemon or something yeah. like. And he do can, a sword attack, and he can teleport, and he's got yeah. big sword blades that come out of his wrist. Which he can't bend his arms. Did you see how long those things are? Adamantium blades—they would go past his elbows. He wouldn't be able to move his arm if they were sheathed. It was crazy. Well, well there's also like Wolverine's claws. Sometimes are it's it, and it's, sometimes you know they're supposed to come out of the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. But usually it, it almost looks like they come out more between his fingers. And that's probably because it's easier to make fake claws look real, you know, if they're, they're popping out there. And, yeah. you know, you see the cosplayers where they, you know, you, they got the little, as long as they have to have their hands and fists, you know, they have to be holding mm-hmm. on a little handle with the claws, you know, popping out. But what a lot of people have, have always asked me, so, you know, so his, his claws have to be, the length of his forearms and he's got to have big for, like wide forearms too to support the three blades even if they're like an inch mm-hmm. you know 
But then it's like, let's say he has his wrist bent and he pops his claws. You know, why don't they pop out at his wrist? Those are yeah, going to tear through. Apparently, <laughs> I, I, my, my answer was, you know, I don't know the answer, but my answer is there's probably like some tendons or something like that that when he instinctively flexes, you know, makes the the mental command to pop the claws, that it probably like would force his wrist to straighten out. Mm. And you that know, would make the most sense. So then, I guess Otherwise he could impale his own hand if he's holding his wrist back. But I, I guess the question is, what if he was captured? Someone, well, I guess he wouldn't. I was gonna say, what if, what if his his wrist was bent and he was forced to pop his? But you can't force him to pop his claws out. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, so, I'm not sure how someone would do that. Yeah, unless it was like telepathic. But <laughs> I, I I assumed that if his wrist is bent, it just his it would automatically it would it would be forced to like straighten out just uh the muscles or tendons or claw shoots or whatever would just would do that. Yeah, I imagine it's basically second nature to him at this point. Yeah. But going back to Man of Steel, I, I hope Lex isn't in there. Because the thing is, even if they, you know, if, if they are going to have Lex in a sequel, I mean, at, at some point, if, if this is a successful franchise, which, you know, we have to assume it will be, and then, mm-hmm. and that's not even going into Justice League stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, we would have to assume that, that Lex would appear at some point. Yes. You got to have a, a great actor cast as Lex. And unless they can get, they can cast a great actor and say, "Hey, are you willing to commit to this and just do, you know, like a a, a two week cameo shooter, you know, however long it would takes? It wouldn't even have to take that long. So, you know, if if you're gonna put someone in as a camp, I don't want them to just throw someone in there and then cast someone later. Or I, I guess they they could shoot like from the back of his head, like maybe so you see some bald head looking out of Lex Tower as he you know does something. Mm-hmm. I don't know." But, I'm sure even just name dropping him would suffice. That way, they can you know take their time casting the character. Yeah. So I mean, if if they're gonna, you know, because we 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 saw Lex Lex Tower in the in trailer, that's fine. You know, just have that there. That that's sufficient. I don't need to see Lex Luthor again. And but going, you you mentioned Brainiac before. It's like mm-hmm. they could do it if if they tied Brainiac to the destruction of Krypton and all that. Mm. But I don't know how that would be. In this type of movie, because I mean, it's it's I I still think it's it's pushing it as it is, saying this dude is an alien, because you know then that that kind of opens the door and the, the not not necessarily the credibility of the movie, but the the realism, I guess. Even though we're talking about a guy flying around in a blue suit, so I don't know. And if you got this green alien robot, whatever, that that might be too much. Yeah. I yeah, know. I agree with you. Shrinking cities and everything. Yeah, so we'll see. That might be best saved for later on. Um, talking about um, changing actors, though, it, it made me think about the Amazing Spider-Man's mid-credit sequence, uh, where he's the, the guy that visits the lizard. Uh, it, it was my understanding that that was supposed to be Electro because you hear the flash of lightning, mm-hmm. the character appears, and then he vanishes. Now, initially, a lot of people thought it was Norman Osborn, but mm-hmm. um, a few actors came out and said it's definitely not Norman. It's someone that now works for Norman. But if that's Electro, clearly that goes into what you were just saying because that's that's not the guy playing Electro. That wasn't Jamie Foxx, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I guess if, if that's you know you don't see who it is, you have no idea. Yeah. So that's fine. But the the see the question with that is, 
I I always debated. I I kind of felt more that he was talking to himself, and I have to. I cause I I think I paid a, you know really close attention the second time I saw it to, to remember the dialogue because they they showed a whole room, and then you know at the end there's you see that there's no one in the room with him. So it's like, how would someone get into his prison cell, like get in and out, you know, undetected? So yeah, that, that's exactly why I thought it was Electra because when he appears just moments before, there's there's a sound uh, that seems like thunder, and then on the way out, if my memory serves me right, there was that as well. And obviously, with his upgrade, Electro can travel through pipes and everything like that, or excuse me, just circuits and you know, wiring and everything. So that was the best way for me to kind of understand it. But I also understand the other argument that it could just be lizard talking to himself and kind of having his urge to, you know, get revenge on Parker. Yeah. But then if he's talking to himself, why does this other dude look like that? He's in his mind. I don't know. Cause they, they did release. I don't know if you saw the image. Um, they, they released an image of Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. before he turned into electro. Yes. Where he's yeah. got like this really bad like comb over. With the glasses and yeah. a giant uh, board with strings connecting everything. Yeah. So, I, you know, then I guess it would be a, a matter of is that going to be a flashback in a sequel or, you know, or are we going to see him I, turn into Electro? I think we're going to see him turn. I mean, J.B. Fox is a big star, so I think they're really going to focus on Electro being the main villain and on the side – they're going to try to move the pieces forward when it comes to Norman Osborn and his experimentation. And I think that's how they're going to include Rhino as well as, uh, wow, my memory is going blank here. It's Electro, Rhino, Harry Osborn's going to be in it. So that's another tie to Norman Osborn. And I think Black Hat was rumored because well, there's a female actress. Well, Mary that, Jane's supposed to be in it. Yes. For a small yeah. role. Yeah. So I guess that'll lead to, uh, obviously building the relationship between Parker and Emma and then she dies in the third one. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, um, did you see, see that there's like a, a spoilery um, kick-ass two clip. I don't yeah. know if that, if that was the one that was on Vimeo that got pulled. I didn't, yeah, the I didn't watch it. Fight, right. Which one? It, it's a, it's a warehouse fight. I didn't watch it. All I know is I heard someone saying it's like it's like wow I'm surprised they released that or something like that so it's I don't not, know I mean the only spoiler there is uh, I'm giving you a second to mute or something actually it's not really even a spoiler there's always a big fight scene and in this case it's just a fight scene between good guys and bad guys without diving in and, into any specifics since I'll do my best to keep you know avoiding spoilers it's just a big showdown between good guys and bad guys that's that's all I'll say about it hmm. then I wonder why I was pulled. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, the the director actually apparently uploaded it, and I guess uh. the studio was like, "Hey, dude, uh, you want to take that down? <laughs> Let's go for another clip." Yes, that's what, it's always interesting when it comes to comics, and you know, I don't know if people realize. I mean, they they probably realize it, but um, what is is shown in a preview is is very well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because obviously, if you have a like, especially if you have a twenty page comic you know you you want to make sure you choose to write four or five pages you know you don't want to spoil anything you don't want to give you know anything away it has to be enough of a tease but every once in a while you see like the artists on on twitter they're releasing like penciled versions or or, like inked versions 
just panels or pages sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't know if they're doing that on their own because it, it doesn't seem like it's a, like a PR controlled thing where you're just like, Oh, here, you know, here's the latest thing I just did, you know, and they're, they're showing that off, which is like, I don't know if technically they're supposed to be doing that. Yeah. That was the big thing with the, uh, the red hood and the outlaws cover that came out, um, a couple months ago. Yeah. Which I, I, I still debate about that. It's like, was that intentional or I mean, was that like a, like a fake cover? Like we're going to like fool everyone and, and release this. So the, the cover, in case people are wondering, I guess you, you could probably still find it if you Googled um, Red Hood and Outlaws would be 19. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. it was supposed to be the, the gatefold cover. And it, I mean, it's a completely different cover. It's like they didn't even just like take, you know, half of it and then change the other half. Because uh, yeah. like like Starfire and and the, everything is like different, but uh, the original sketch version that was leaked out supposedly showed Jason's red his helmet like smash and his face underneath was just like non-existent. So it's like his, his face he lost his face is what it looked like, and so I I just wonder if if that was like a, a fake tease make people think that that was going to happen or i wonder if that really was going to happen and maybe they're like people flipped out when they saw that leaked image maybe we shouldn't do that you know i don't i don't know the turnaround you know how how long it would take to the the backpedal and and change the direction Mm. yeah it felt very abrupt in that issue when alfred was attending todd and just casually thrown through in the remark like oh physically he's going to be okay the damage will be healed shortly and it, just put, it kind of took away from it a little bit. I mean, you leave one issue with an acid attack directly on his face. And oh. then the next issue, which which was a great, great issue, by the way. Uh, Lobdell uh, really left that series with one hell of an issue. But it was just kind of a very lackluster cliffhanger if it's just casually shoved aside immediately after, in my opinion. Because he had that, like, the handkerchief on his face with some some sort of chemical whatever because because then in issue 19 which i i I think you you enjoyed that one because you reviewed that one right yes i gave it four out of five okay and and he's he's totally fine you know there's no mention it's just Mm -hmm. it it picks up as a sort of a flashback i think to like an hour before whatever you know the events of the issue and there's he's fine there's nothing wrong with him so it's it's just weird. I I I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little little skeptical. But I, I I just wonder if that image was supposed to happen and they changed it, or if it was a fake image. But mm-hmm. but then to, to go to the trouble of paying the artist, it's like okay, do this this fake cover because we want to trick everyone. It's kind of like Dan Slott's tweet uh, about Superior Spider Man way back in the day oh, about uh, Miguel's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which he was supposed to be in there. I, I thought. I thought then he later said it was gonna be like an issue five or six, but there's still been. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah, that was that was the funny thing at New York Comic Con at the Spider-Man panel. Uh, this this little kid walked up during the question session, and his question was, "I really love that version of Spider-Man. Will we ever see him again?" And everyone at the panel just kind of looked at one another, stared back at the kid. And I, I don't remember who it was, but they leaned into the mic and said, yes, just for you, you will definitely see him again. So that alone started speculation of, wow, is this going to be the Superior Spider-Man? And then that tweet 
added on top of it. And But like you said, we haven't seen him yet, but we have seen Cardiac, and that is exciting for me, and I'm probably one of like five people out there who are excited for that. I think Matt was excited. He was? I love you, Matt. I think he was. Maybe. Or maybe he was just acting like he was because he heard you oh. get excited, so he wanted to try to look like he was cool. I'm going to beat him up in injustice for that. <laughs> yeah, um, now, uh, let's see what else we have. So we had the Wolverine. What are your thoughts on the Wolverine? Um, I'm doing my best not to get too hyped up for it. I'm, yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, the trailer for X-Men Origins Wolverine was amazing, in my opinion. I was so excited. And then I saw the Midnight showing, and I was just incredibly, incredibly disappointed I mean, I, I never thought a movie with so many characters I love, uh, Gambit, Sabretooth, Deadpool, and Wolverine, could be a movie that I don't like, but unfortunately that was the case. Yeah, so it's, it's I just, I don't know what, I really like Hugh Jackman, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he does a, a great job as Wolverine. I know some people out there don't like him and complain, oh, he's too tall, but I, I still think he does a very good job with the role. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on um, Guardians of the Galaxy? That's that's going to be a really tough one for Marvel. Um, it, it's taking a big risk. It's it's a huge, huge sci-fi story, and I think they're going to be forced to tie it into the greater Phase Two picture to lure people in. I know they're saying they don't want to, but I think they're going to have to somehow imply that you know. Remember that guy you saw the Avengers at the end of the Avengers that you didn't know, and you want to see Avengers 2, then you should probably see this movie. Uh, because right now they're, you know, not to insult the actors involved that are allegedly involved, but they don't really have a huge A-list star to lure people in. And they're characters that are widely unfamiliar to the general audience. I mean, we're talking about a space raccoon with a gun from the 90s, a talking tree, a wrestler painted green, uh, an, an awesome female fighter painted green and, you know, Chris Pratt, the dude from uh, Parks and Recreation. So I, I think it's going to be very tough for them to sell this and their marketing team is going to have a lot of weight on their shoulders. But um, that said, I think it will absolutely be worth taking the risk because this has the potential to be a lot of fun, in my opinion. Yeah, and what really concerns me is that they're releasing it in August next year. It's on my birthday too, I believe August 1st, right? Um, I'm not sure if it's August 1st. Um, I, I think I saw that and I got super excited for that. Just knowing that I could see a Marvel movie when it comes out on my birthday. That was, just, that was such a cool feeling for me. Cause, uh, um, yeah, August 1st, 2014. The, the, awesome. the, the, the problem is good things don't happen in August. <laughs> he says after I tell him that's my birthday. <laughs> no, but but um they don't they don't usually release um you know the big movies aren't, aren't aren't released in August. It's you know May, June, July. Well that could kind of be a double-edged sword. I mean it, it might show that the movie's not going to have a lot of competition and maybe Marvel Studios is afraid of that. They know that this is a big risk and it can't really go toe to toe with, you know, uh, if DC goes for like oh Hey, by the way, guys, here's another Batman movie or something. They they know it's a huge, huge, huge risk for them. So maybe they're playing it safe and opening it where 
people are, you know, not spending their money on too many other movies. Cause, cause I know GI Joe, they said it's because of the uh, 3d and to add more scenes. But at the same time, I think they were also concerned that it couldn't really hang its own against all the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were spending way too much money on tickets when it came to that genre. Cause that was with the dark Knight rises and Marvel's the Avengers. And after you're spending so much money on a movie, I mean, that might be the movie that people want to pass on. Yeah. So. I was, I was going to see GI Joe, um, the night before WonderCon, but cause, um, we were in like downtown Disney and it was playing at the IMAX theater. So I was, I was there with, um, with Norm from tested and, and Joey and Andy, um, Bauman who edited mm-hmm. the videos. And so we were going to go there, but it was 1875 for one ticket. Now is that for an IMAX ticket yeah, for an IMAX? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was 90 minutes long. So I was like, you you shot extra scenes and everything, but the movie's still ninety it's a minutes. Really store, yeah. So I was like, I, I think it came out to like twenty two cents a minute or something like that. I was like, let's let's not go. So <laughs> I was like, I I, I still want to see. It. I still haven't seen it. I I do really want to see it, but not for nineteen bucks for one ticket. Yeah, that's that's understandable. Um, I I, I shelled out the money to see The Dark Knight Rises on. IMAX. This was after seeing it in theaters twice normally, and it was really jarring because it, the scenes would transition to you know utilizing the IMAX format, and then they would jump back to having the black bars on the top of the bottom. Oh yeah, that's so be that weird. was really distracting. And and the, the IMAX by me is unfortunately disappointing. So I'm thinking if I ever need to use an IMAX in the future, I'll just you know go into the city, which is you know 20 minutes away, and I'll just enjoy one there. Yeah, I'm see, and this may be not the popular opinion, but I, I'm not a huge fan of IMAX. And you know, a lot of it depends. You you have to have the right seat. If you get stuck in the wrong spot, oh, yeah, you know, there's there's that. So it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you'll have neck pain if you get in the wrong spot. Yeah, uh, or, or you can just like miss stuff if you know you can't see the whole screen. You got to be you know in the middle and you know not too close, not too far back. And yeah, I, I think it's situational i mean it's for a movie you're really excited for and obviously has to be a visually impressive movie i mean i i took my girlfriend to see the hobbit in imax and that was it was worth it uh, for that one but then oddly enough we saw it again in uh 3d and 48 frames per second and i like that way more than in just imax Hmm. um now going back to um Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So there's a there was a rumor about possible casting of a character named Yandu. Mm-hmm. Um who was in the other Guardians of the Galaxy. Which that that's the one I that's where I first heard of them. So this was like in, in the future where um where you had like Vance Astrovic who got frozen in time, you know, and came up later. I think they were like in the like the twenty ninth or the thirtieth century. And I, it, it just seems, seems weird that, like, how and why are they going to tie this character in? So it just feels like it's it's all over the place. Yeah, I, and as of right now, he seems to be their star power, uh, Michael Rooker. Rooker, yeah. is that how you pronounce his name? Rooker. R- I, I, I would say Rooker. Yeah. Well, he does have some free time now uh, from The Walking Dead. Uh, 
not to be spoilery, I mean, they're on a break, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, they're between seasons, people. That's all I'm saying. But um, he's he's definitely their star power right now because I know Batista is a big deal in the, in the wrestling world and uh, Chris Pratt has his own, you know, following. But, I mean, Wasn't The Zoe- Walking Dead generates a huge, huge amount of viewers. Yeah. And people like Zoe Sal- Saldana. Yeah. So... Um. Yeah, I, I just I just don't know what to make of this movie. And then there's those other rumors about the possibility of of Iron Man being in the movie, which makes sense in some way, you know, based on what they're doing with the comic or they're going to be doing with the comic. And and that would be a way to get people to see it if they're yeah. like like hey, yeah, this movie is in the, in the cinematic universe and you know, we got Robert Downey Jr. here, come watch it. But I don't I, I heard that he he got like fifty million dollars to do Avengers or something like that. Did you hear that? No, I did not. There is there is a I I forgot what what who did the interview or something like that, and someone asked him about that, and he just he just kind of smiled and he's like, "It's crazy, huh?" And <laughs> so I don't know if you know he didn't really confirm it, but he didn't deny it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that that, that can't be right because that that's a crazy amount. It's like, is he worth? you know, that much money. Cause I mean, I don't know what, what the, the highest paid actor is. I mean, yeah. right now he is Marvel studios, biggest star. So uh, I don't know though, 50 million, but then again, considering how much money that movie raked in for Disney. Okay. So I just found out on, I think it was in Rolling Stone. So someone asked them, no, it was an interview with GQ. And then he said, isn't that crazy? They're so pissed. I can't believe it. I'm what's known as a strategic cost. <laughs> it's like 50 million bucks. And I, I'm sure you could, you know, they're like, hey, we need you to do this movie. And he's like, no, I don't want to. You know, you got to pay me more. And you, you got that, that whole thing. And obviously with how much it made, you know, it, it's, it was worth it. But at the same time, I don't see Iron Man 3 getting that close. Yeah, that's going to be uh it's going to be really interesting to see how well Iron Man 3 does because it's you know, Avengers lured in so many new viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if all of that carries over into Iron Man's next movie. I think it's going to do well, but it's it'll be interesting to see how well it does if it can hang up there with, you know, a Batman movie with the with the figures that makes or if it just does well but not nearly even scratching the surface of the success of the other films. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be weird. So going back to to Michael Rooker, so I guess he he's not confirming or or denying it. Um, if if he's gonna be in a movie or not, but yeah. then you know there's also possibilities like you know if he is gonna be in a movie, it's like you know maybe he's gonna do another role. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just really concerned with that because I wanted to do well, but I, I don't know what to think about it. Isn't Yondu blue as well? Yeah, he's and he's got like a big red fin. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not a big cosmic guy, so when it comes to older Guardians of the Galaxy material, that's like really old. I think it was like 80s. Um, uh, See when did that? Because so they, I, I was either an infant or not alive then. With that, I was born in eighty five. Well, they they first I 
I didn't see when they first appeared. I, I take it back. The the main series that they came out, which um, had 62 issues, that came out in 1990. Um, but they first appeared in, I guess, Marvel Presents. Let's see. Because they, they've been around for a while. So I guess, yeah, I guess they came out in the 70s, like 75. So that I, I hadn't heard of them before. So that was before I was like reading. So it's just, it's, it's, I'm sure they, they got to know what they're doing. I mean, you know, they're, they're doing a great job with all the Marvel movies. It, it just seems like such an odd choice. Like, let's do Guardians of the Galaxy. It makes no sense when, you know, they could easily do, you know, other, I'm sure there's other characters that they could, they could do something with. Yeah, it definitely was an, a choice that <clears throat> I expected. But I guess these are characters that they really, really want to push. I mean, I, it, it, that has to be a big reason why you know Marvel now has a brand new title with the characters. I mean, these things are planned so well in advance. Yeah. So, um, Captain America Winter Soldier, so that's going to be April of next year. And um, I'm su- surprisingly, I either... I haven't read a lot or I've, I've, I've been avoiding, you know, information about that. So, you know, we, obviously it's going to be the winter soldier story. So we're, we're going to see the return of Bucky and I, I guess Falcon's supposed to be in it. Mm-hmm. He's apparently going to play a, a decent part too. And, um, I guess Scarlett Johansson is going to be in it. Yep. Cause Fury there's, there's... And, uh, black widow just to connect it to the, you know, the bigger picture still. Yeah. Cause there is a, uh, like some spy footage or whatever of like Chris Evans in costume and, and Scarlett Johansson also. Mm-hmm. But I guess Haley Atwell said that she's going to have a cameo. Yeah. So, so it has to be Captain America being emo about his past or whatever. I, I mean, that, not to you know joke about it. It's, it's, I heard that this movie is going to address the fact that he's, he's basically a man out of his time. And mm-hmm. so I imagine there'll be at least some flashbacks about him thinking about, you know, his past life and how things have changed and yada, yada, yada. It's just weird because, I mean, unless they, they cut some stuff out, you know, timeline-wise, it didn't seem like they really had that much of a connection or they didn't really have time to have a connection. Yeah, yeah. They kind of I, – I wasn't really feeling the romantic element. I mean, it was implied in the end, obviously, that they were very close and had a strong relationship, you know, with him. But they never like really went out of date or anything. You know? That's exactly. Yeah, he and, had a picture of her and everything. He's like, "Sorry, I'm gonna miss this date, yeah. but I'm madly in love with you." That's not creepy. Yeah. Um, and then I guess uh, Emily uh, Van Camp, I believe her name is from that show Revenge. She was rumored as Sharon Carter, but when Marvel sent out an official, you know, oh, excuse me, synopsis of the film, they named her Agent Thirteen. So I guess that might be a little. Uh, twist that they're trying not to give away that she could allegedly be Sharon Carter. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I don't know where I heard this, but, but, but someone's like, it's like, Oh, maybe Haley Atwell will, will play Sharon Carter. I don't really see how that's possible. Well, she could, the, the actress, cause you know, since uh, Sharon's, cause I know they changed it. I think, cause I think Sharon used to be her daughter. Then they had to change it to her granddaughter, you know, because of the, sliding timeline whatever in, in in comics so you yeah. know you could get the same actress to play her you know ha- have her actually dye her hair unlike amy adams you know make her blonde and 
but yeah, that that would just be weird, you know. So I'm I'm glad they're not doing that because I, I sorry no, uh, I, I, they're they're filling it with villains too. Uh, Batrock the Leaper is confirmed, and, and Crossbones, Crossbones, Crossbones ones. I, I'm a big fan of Crossbones, even though he's a terrible, terrible human being. I kind of I don't know. Just the the terrible people are appealing to me in some way, and that's it's a horrible thing. I think it's the uh, the costume and just his. His overall badassery, if you will, the fact that he's a regular dude that just trained enough where he could give Cap a good fight on his own. Plus, that sounds sounds sort of like Batman, you got it trained on his <laughs> I own. I hate Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, apparently, since I only have one Batman figure and it's very lame, I hate Batman. Even though I say that wearing a Batman shirt at the moment, I love yeah. mm-hmm. the man. Yeah, just like you were wearing a Superman shirt that one time. <laughs> Wait, hey, I'm wearing a Superman shirt. You just no one can see me right now. <laughs> I will take a selfie mm. right there. Nah, you're, you're just going to Photoshop it. That's what I said. I should actually just like crop a terrible picture in Microsoft Paint. Yeah. And just uh. like draw it. <laughs> now, there is um, supposedly like a rumor of, of Haley Atwell like possibly maybe being considered for uh, a Tomb Raider reboot. Hmm. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, that's, that's a game. It's like I, I wish I had time for games, which because I don't. It's like I'm, I'm curious about the Tomb Raider game because you know I, every once in a while I, you know, I'll sit and watch the guys playing as I walk by their desk, the giant bomb guys. Yeah. And, you know, the game doesn't look that bad, and I, I, I forget. I think they might have given it a four. Because you know, I, I don't think. I think overall, it people say it's, it's a decent game. So. That's that's what I've heard as well. It seems to be getting uh, mostly positive reviews, but uh, it, it's not really a game that's, despite you know hearing it's very good and liking uh, third person action games. I mean, I love the Uncharted series. It's not really that high up on my priorities when it comes to video games. I'm still addicted to Injustice, and I haven't even beat a uh, Bioshock Infinite yet. Kind of taking my time with that. Hmm. Man, I I just I get so bummed when I, I think about. You know, it's like I'll use my Xbox to watch Netflix, and I'm just like, ugh. It's like I I need more time in in the day. So that's just it, it bums me out. But I and it's, I don't know about a, a Tomb Raider movie. It's like, do we really need a Tomb Raider movie? I mean, it, it could be good, but we have I guess we haven't had a really really good Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's necessary, but I mean, at the same time, now that the the franchise has seen a reboot with the video game. I guess they're hoping to duplicate that success with the film, but uh, I mean, it's, I guess we'll see. Now, what are your thoughts on the Shield TV show? Or I guess they're calling it Agents of Shield now. Yeah, I, I'm really. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't been as weird as it sounds. I haven't been thrilled about that, even though it's Whedon who does uh, great work with shows and you know the banter between the characters and everything. But um, truthfully, it hasn't really been uh, on my radar. I just feel like it's far away and I'm, I'm just waiting for more cement information before I try to get too excited or too let down. But we know um, Clark Gregg is in it, correct? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at a quote right here because he, he's confirmed that, you know, he, I, we know he's supposed to be in it and, you know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. I guess he confirmed basically that he's back from the dead but we don't know how. So then what he said is when Joss described to me the, the mystery and a complexity and the unanswered questions about Phil Coulson standing there trying to deal with this, I found it so fascinating and so true to the world of comics and the mythology 
in general, as I understand them, that I was immediately in. I don't know how you could not change going through what he went through. Uh, I think if he hadn't gone through some kind of change, it wouldn't be any good. That said, I don't know if he understands how much he's changed. It's like, what the heck does that mean? Vision, perhaps? Well, see, they, they've said that so many times, and, and I, I think he, I don't know if he denied that, or other, you know, people are like, like no, they won't do that, but, and because someone's like, he, I, I even saw like someone like did a Photoshop, like him, in like vision colors, like costume. That's but, news to me. Up until you said that, I honestly thought it was uh, taking place before his death. It was almost a prequel of uh the shield side of everything going on during the Avengers and prior to that. Yeah. That's there was also a rumor that uh Vin Diesel was <laughs> apparently up for the role of uh Vision because he he completely changed his Facebook page where he uploaded, you know, pictures of Vision and he changed his cover picture to Vision. So that seemed really <laughs> random for that guy. Maybe he's like, "Hey Marvel, I like comic books. I want another movie. I like Vin Diesel." I I know he's some people don't care for him, but I, I always liked him. I don't know. It's what it so is. funny. He he's such a big guy, but then like when standing next to the Rock in trailers for the new movie, he just looks like an average sized person, which is so weird because you know he's not. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's a very very muscular and intimidating dude, but then next to the Rock, he just looks like a regular sized person, and that's just a testament to how ridiculously large and absurdly muscular the Rock is. Yeah, when I see a Vin Diesel movie, it, it makes me want to work out. So, and maybe maybe because he's not that insanely whatever you know it's like it's like you know maybe if if i worked out you know 14 hours a day did nothing Just else 14 hours and, and you know 8 days a week so i i don't the, the weird thing about shield tv shows cuz you know it'd be great if they could do cameos you know it's like how are you going to do a movie set in a Marvel universe without bringing in all the, you know, Marvel superheroes and, you know, yeah, you could totally do the espionage angle, you know, them doing spy work and wet works and stuff like that. But I, I don't know if, the, if, if people are going to want that. I mean, I, I think they all have such a good relationship with Joss Whedon that he would be able to talk like Chris Evans to making a cameo for an episode or, not, not Robert Downey Jr. though. Not if he's <laughs> wanting fifty million to twenty million more. Yeah, no less, sir, no less. I'll give you two minutes. <laughs> so I don't, I don't. I mean, I I like Alias. You know, not that that was Whedon, but you know, you had the whole spy thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a, a another um, La Femme Nikita, which I hadn't seen that. Um, yeah, there was a newer one. I haven't watched that. I think it's I mean, still on. Dollhouse wasn't really spyish, but it was—I guess it was remotely close. I—I I, I never finished it. Oh, okay, I but, think it was only uh, two seasons, I believe. Yeah, because I—I because I, I, I it was that, that it was on like Friday nights, you know, the worst time. I think it was Friday nights, mm-hmm. and you know, so I would you know record it, and and then it, they announced it was getting canceled, so I never seen. It. I think I ended up getting it on on Blu-ray or something, but I still haven't. I think I got it on Blu-ray. I still haven't finished it. Hmm. So it, it's it's going to be you know so that that's another thing. It's like why did that show not work? Was it because it was the stupid Fox Friday night? You know, like the worst time. You know, it's it's like they don't they don't learn. You know, they they put um you know Firefly was on Friday nights, 
Um, and it's just like they, they keep moving these, these shows. I, I think X-Files even – I don't remember if X, – no, I think X-Files started on Fridays and then they moved it to Sundays. So maybe that's not a good example. Have they um have they announced what channel the Shield show will be on? I'm assuming it's Channel Seven. I mean, it's ABC. ABC. All oh, right. Okay. They they there's no way it'll put on ABC Family since you know yeah. that that's a cable channel. So I I imagine it's got to be on ABC because Disney and all that. So it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how how they do it because I don't think they're going to want to have the, the superheroes so much. You know, you, you look at like Arrow where, you know, it's it's a superhero show, but they try not to really sell it as a superhero show. You know, they don't even call them Green Arrow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, you don't see people wearing tights or anything, you know, capes. So I just I don't know about the premise of a show. You know, a bunch of people just sitting around a helicarrier, you know, trying to, you know, fight some spy from another country. I don't know. Hopefully they won't. Uh, hopefully it'll have kind of a lighter tone because that's what you know Whedon did so well with Avengers. While it should obviously have a more serious overall plot dealing with you know it's kind of the the issues that are too small for the Avengers and they're the ones that have to deal with. But at the same time, if this takes place after Avengers, they could also deal with you know the uh, they're not squirrels, they're uh, Shatari, Shatari, something like that. Not sure if you need to censor that with the way I said it. Um, because I know in the Avengers, they have a little short where it's a couple agents dealing with uh, people who stole the technology and they had to recover it. So maybe they can have some fun with that. Yeah. And but, but where I think there's going to be a bit of a risk, like if they try bring in some other Marvel character, like let's say Carol Danvers, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would love to see Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, whatever they decide to call her. Like in the next event in Avengers two, uh, but she's also a character where she could fit in. You know, they could introduce her on the show, but then they it goes to that that casting thing again. Like we we're talking with Lex. You know, if you're gonna bring in another comic book character, you have to make sure you're casting a really great character if you plan on them to be in you know other movies. Yeah, because you know potentially. You know, I, I could almost see them doing, you know, doing a Carol Danvers solo movie. Although, you know, they they should do a, like a Hawkeye and Black Widow movie first. Mm-hmm. So it's like if 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 the show ends up being just okay, and you know, maybe I'm not giving it the, the credit it, it deserves, but we don't know much about it. I I, I just would be concerned if, if they brought in some random, you know, let, let's say okay, we're gonna have Luke Cage in here, and then they get someone who's not that great. And then that kind of, you know, audiences or whatever don't really care about that character. And that, that ruins their chances to doing more, you know, on the big screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that really could hurt a character's chances, obviously. Like you said, if you introduce someone like Luke Cage and they do such a poor job with it, it'll make it less tempting for the studio to incorporate that character. But at the same time, they, they could almost just ignore it happened and kind of redo the character. I mean, the recasting is unfortunately pretty common. We saw that, you know, from Batman Begins to The Dark Knight. We saw that with uh, War Machine and Iron Man to Iron Man 2. So they could almost just play a game of, you know, oh, just forget about that. Here's the character again. Don't don't worry about what happened. 
But yeah. um, I, I mean, when it comes to the show, I mean, I would like to have faith in them that, you know, they're hopefully, you know, putting their time into this and, you know, crafting it as, you know, as well as they can. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not just casting the cheapest guy that they can get for whatever role and not really, you know, necessarily caring too much. I, I would really hope that that if they are going to introduce cameos like Luke Cage, Mockingbird, Carol Danvers, that they're really going to, you know, go big with it or like the saying goes, go big or go home. And I, I would like to believe Marvel Studios and Disney is aware of that by now after the success of the Avengers but at the same rate, they might. I really hope it doesn't make them lazy, where it's just like, oh yeah, it's such a hit. People are going to want to, you know, watch it anyway, and it's not as good as it could be. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it's like they have such a potential, you know, to make money, and you know, it, they're still, you know, you need to look at they. They spent what four billion on Marvel to begin yeah. with, and you know, I think they spent like this, like virtually the same amount on on the Lucas stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they need to make sure they're treating these franchises properly to, you know, keep making money out of them. And, you know, everything is a potential, you know, franchise on its own. So, yeah. Speaking of which, how do you feel about, uh, the star Wars news with, uh, a movie every summer starting with, uh, I believe 2015 was it? Yeah. So t- 2015 is supposed to be episode seven. And then, I don't know how if they're going to do like the the three year cycle for the. I, I'm assuming, and you know, I, I didn't read a whole lot about this, but I'm assuming they're going to do the episodes like they'll because they already said they want to do seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. and then they want to do a bunch of like spin off um, movies that are, are not part of that main storyline. Because I, I think they said that the main movies are going to deal with like the Skywalker family, so all those people. But then if they wanted to do you know, they because they, they mentioned a Han Solo spinoff movie, which I still don't know how they would do that because they, they said it would be younger. But I think they said it would take place between – did they say between like episodes four and five? I think uh, five and six. No, no you, not five and six. Because you would be in Kryptonite. <laughs> uh, Carbonite. That, that, that would be a great movie in 3D and in IMAX. Yeah, just like, oh, like, oh, 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 and, you know, because they, they, they did like a Han Solo trilogy in the books. And, you know, you can have him younger, like when he first gets a Millennium Falcon or, you know, they can tell retell the story, you know, him and Chewbacca, you know, he saves him from the Empire being a slave. And, you know, there there's other first encounters with Boba Fett and Lando. You know, there there's a bunch of stories that are already written. And I, I know they wouldn't necessarily want to just adapt these existing, you know, novels and that. But, yeah, they they don't need to you know adapt it, but I guess they can you know have it loosely inspired by it because yeah. I think Han Solo did become a fan favorite. So I think seeing his earlier years is something a lot of you know casual Star Wars fans haven't encountered. So especially if you fill it with cameos, if you you know see why he has a, a rivalry with Boba Fett, how he met Chewbacca, so on and so on, maybe even doing the Kessel Run. <laughs> yeah, I guess my problem is if if they do a movie between four and five, you know, obviously they have to recast him. You, know, you can't get Harrison Ford to go back and do those roles. So it, he's, not it, very, he's not even very enthusiastic about the character. 
Yeah, I mean, which is surprising that he'll do it, but you know, I guess if, if the the price is right. Yeah. Um, but it, it it would just be weird. I, I what I, what I'm trying to say is it's it's going to be weird to see him recast in a movie that takes place in between the original trilogy versus if they did a story before that trilogy. I would be okay with him being recast because you know you can kind of explain. Okay, this is you know five years before, ten years before, so he looks a little different. You know, I can overlook that versus you know a movie that takes place in the middle. You know, it's it's going to be hard. Although. I just recently finished um, a Star Wars book called Scoundrels. Okay. And basically what it is, it's it's um, Star Wars Ocean's Eleven. Huh. So, you know, you have Han Solo, you have Chewbacca, Lando's there. And basically Han Solo is, is hired to do this, like, basically a big heist. And then, you know, he needs to bring in a bunch of other guys to, to help him out. So I don't know if that sounds cheesy or anything, but it was actually it was, it was a pretty good book. And no, I mean it could be an interesting way to kind of spice up the film franchise. Yeah, I saw a twist on the genre. I, I I would recommend that you know people reading the Star Wars books or people that read books if if you're interested. I th- and I th- I'm pretty sure it was Timothy Timothy Zahn who um is is one of like the great Star Wars novel writers. He's he's done some good stuff. So. I was, I'm- Sorry, I'm really curious to see if they do anything with Darth Maul because the way uh, the Clone Wars ended, I haven't still- seen that yet. Though, uh, like <laughs> I'm so behind. Here. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I- he, he may or may not. So, I mean, the show, you know, it, it kind of ended, even though they still had more episodes planned. That, so, uh, uh, I'm I uh, I don't even know what how much I should be saying, but I'm just like. That's a disappointment with um, this whole whole thing. I mean, I'm excited with with, with and I still haven't gone gone back to your original question about how I feel about the movies. <laughs> I just realized it's a long tangent. So you know, I, I'm excited about the possibility. I'm all for having um, more movies, and you know, I don't know if, if people realize this. Like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I know a lot of people say that, but it's like I I was actually alive and remember seeing the first movie in theaters. And, um, you know, my daughter has a sort of Star Wars-ish name, which, you know, I don't publicly reveal. So it's like I, I do like the idea of, of more. And even though, you know, George Lucas won't be directly involved, you know, some people would say that's a good thing. But I, I would think with what Disney is, is spending on it, it's the same thing when they bought Marvel Comics. You know, people were, you know, worried that, you know, comics were going to, you know, you're going to have Mickey Mouse w- with Wolverine and all this stuff. But it's like, no, they're, they're investing all this money. They're not going to just throw it, you know, and kill the franchise or kill the yeah, property. I think that's hilarious when people are concerned that they're going to run the franchise into the ground and you'll start seeing, you know, Punisher firing paintballs or whatever. That's absolutely ridiculous and totally unfounded. But the, the, the downside of all this is so many people lost their jobs. Yeah. From that. And, and, um, I, I know some that, and it, it's, it sucks. And there's so many projects that were in the work, you know, there was like the, was it 1313? Yeah. And, yeah. That video game actually had a lot of promise. And then it's just like, sorry. And you know, yeah, there's a possibility. Maybe someone would pick it up somewhere, but it, it just seems like Disney's focus is let's just work on the movies. And cause there was a, um, what was that called? Was it detours? It was a, I, th- I think, um, I don't know if the one with Seth Green. Yeah, that um, 
I I heard that 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 basically the, the first season is is done. Like they 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 did it all because I remember they released I don't know if they, it was a, a a trailer like a clip or it was just images. And basically, if, if people don't know, it was, it was kind of like Star Wars meets Mad Magazine. You know, it was, it was a bunch of satire and and just poking fun at themselves. And it could be interesting or it, it could be really bad depending on on you know how they executed it. But you know, with Seth Green involved, you know, you would think it would have the potential, but. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that they're just like, we're not going to, it's the time's not right. You know, we have this, we're, we're not going to put it out yet. So it's like, you know, what are they going to do? And, you know, clone wars is, is done. And I, I totally understand why they wouldn't want to continue it because it's, it's probably for whatever legal reason it's, it's locked in or tied into cartoon network. And, you know, so they, if, if they're going to do another star Wars, or if they were to continue it, they would probably want to put it on on Disney XD mm-hmm. versus you know having it on on Cartoon Network. And I I think that's the same reason why Spectacular Spider Man didn't continue because Sony had the rights to that. You know that was made by Sony, and then Marvel got the TV rights back to Spider Man, and you know Sony kept the the movie rights, but they they couldn't just continue that that series for whatever reason. So they did a new one, which people seem to hate with a passion. It's a shame because I loved Spectacular Spider-Man, and I think that's I think how good that show was. And they had so much. Uh, did you hear like all the other stuff they had planned uh, with like Scorpion and other things? Well, I believe because um, I remember um, I, I went to like the last panel he did at San Diego, and you know all all the voice actors were there, the, the, the producer, you know all the writers, and there there was I think they. I think they wanted to do like three or four seasons and, you know, like just to finish the story, like him in high school. And then after that, they wanted to do kind of like, like, like movies, like direct movies where like with, with Peter in college and, you know, they, they said it would get a little bit more mature, you know, a little, little bit darker, you know, not, not going overboard, but you know, it's like, they were all excited. And the sad thing about this panel was, you know, you had all these people there and, you know, they even had Kelly who was there and Robert England and you know they're all like like yeah we want to do more we're 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 waiting they had no idea this was before it was like officially canceled they were just like in this limbo and you know the the show writers you know they had all these ideas and then it just never happened that's a, such a shame that show is incredible i have them on dvd and now i feel motivated to watch them again tonight yeah and you know i i i don't think people should blame disney for, for that, you know, I really think it, it has to do with the legal rights and it just would have been too much of a mess to try to even though it, it doesn't make sense. You would think they could just say, OK, yeah, we'll, we'll just take over from here. We'll start, you know, they'll start getting checks from us instead of from Sony. But I think there's just whatever. I don't know. It's just it's just it's, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, I, I wish it was as simple as saying, you know, we could just move the the show to XD now. And like you said, change the paycheck. But unfortunately I have a feeling there's a lot of paperwork behind that. And it just sadly didn't apparently make it feasible, which yeah. really sucks. Yeah. So, and the same thing with, 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 with star Wars now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you, you would think that they would want to put something on TV and, you know, there's been a talks at a live action show or, you know, maybe doing some other sort of animated show. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, um, they, they said, they apparently have something else in the works and that detours 
it's delayed, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily confirm that they are going to eventually use it, just that the premiere of it is delayed even further. And uh, it's interesting, too, because the people behind Clone Wars, they, they made more episodes that were aired, So and they said this story will continue, so it makes me wonder how they're going to do it. I'm, I'm thinking they may just kind of clip them together and release them as a, a straight-to-home-video you know, movie, yeah. Or maybe something online, although online doesn't seem likely since that's not generating any money for them. Uh oh. No. Although they did that for um for Halo and Mortal Kombat. I don't know if people watch that, but they did Forward onto Dawn, and then uh, they did the the which was surprisingly good. The Mortal Kombat show called uh, I think it was just called Legacy, and that has a new season coming out soon too. And there's also like a Battlestar Galactica, um, online something. Hmm. I think I don't. I haven't seen it, so I don't. I don't know. Um, but going back to the question about the the <laughs> movies, I, I yeah, I, I think it could be great because I, I I know I'm not the only one that would love to see a Boba Fett movie. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely that that could be exciting, especially um, since we have the actor that played as Jango Fett. He could obviously take that role mm-hmm. since Boba's clearly a clone of Jango. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, yeah, that could be so exciting. Oh, <laughs> forgive me for the super old spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, someone, I, I said that I forgot who I was talking to, but oh, we, we were start talking about um Days of Future Past, and then oh maybe I think it was Brian Bucciolato, and um, and then we were talking about like like everyone dying. I was like spoiler, and then someone's like. You know, and I, I clarified with them. They're like, like it's been out for so long. It's like you, you tipped because we, we do tiptoe around spoilers. You know, yeah. when it comes to comics, and I try to not to do it. You know, I try to give at least a month before we. And I, I, I still sort of tipped. I just recently stopped. You know, referring, not referring to Spider Man as Doc Ock. It's like I didn't want to say that, even though it had been like like two or three months. But yeah, so I, I that was kind of like just a long running joke where we say something like you know it's like twenty years later and. You know, we're saying spoilers because there there could be people who who don't know, but yeah, I'm sure there's quite a few people who haven't read it, and you know the movie is going to motivate them to buy the uh, the trade, even yeah. though it's just what two issues, yeah, two yeah. issues, right? Yeah, uh, so. th- that should be a pretty affordable trade then, like six or seven bucks. So yeah, if you haven't read it and you're interested in X Men, obviously we recommend it, or at least I do. I don't yeah. know, don't oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I love the Claremont and Burn run. Um, but going back to Star Wars, you know, there, there was, there was talk of like a Yoda movie, but it's like, mm-hmm. how could you do a Yoda movie? That yeah. would be a tough one to pull off. I, I get a lot of people love him, but dedicating an entire film to him, I think that may be pretty tough to sell. And it's like, you know, what are you gonna do? Like young Yoda when he, which, you know, when, when he fought Count Dooku and, and was it episode two, it's like that, that was crazy. Yeah. And, and so it would be cool to see him more in action. Obviously, you can't do something, you know, like when he first goes to Dagobah, because that would be pretty boring. <laughs> just him hanging out, making his hut. Yeah, and like, that's the whole story. Making yeah. his, uh, making his home. Yeah. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what 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 I don't know if I'd want to see is, is um, like Knights of the Old Republic. That's like my 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 weak area. That's like my Legion of Superheroes. Where um, I'm I, I'm fascinated with the Legion of Superheroes, and I loved when Jeff Johns wrote them in Action Comics. But and I loved you know, I've I've read a, a few of like the Silver Age stories, which are goofy as heck. But mm-hmm. I just can't get into them because they're different timelines and, and all the different characters. So like 
um, Knights of the Old Republic. I, I know the games were great, but when Dark Horse releases those comics, it's just like I, I've tried reading some, and you know, you're introduced to all these new characters, and I don't know if that's part of it. That you know, I'm, I'm just not really invested in these new characters, even though you know they're they're tied to being Jedi's or you know whatever Sith and and all that. So if they ever did like a Knights of the Old Republic movie, I don't know how how I'd feel about that. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. I never played the video games, and because of that, I've never really been especially motivated to you know dive into any of the stuff for that era. Yeah. So, I, and I don't know what else they could do. Um, you know, what other sort of movies? Yeah, you, know, you can't really do another Darth Vader movie. Since, no, you know, no. I mean, <laughs> the whole trilogy is basically the initial trilogy. Excuse me, feels dedicated to him and. Yeah, and and you know there is a time period in between, you know, episode three and four, which is what they supposedly wanted to explore in a, the TV, sh- the live action TV show that just I guess they said was going to be too expensive to do. So I don't know, but I I would hope and think that Disney's not just going to try to just pump out you know inferior movie after inferior and you know hope that it'll make money. Although yeah. LucasArts kind of did that with some video games. Yeah. You just slap Star Wars on there and people would buy it. Speaking of video games, it's sad that we're not going to get a... I don't know if you ever played it, but Battlefront 3, that was a game that a lot of people wanted. It was really... Battlefront 1 and 2 was really addictive. It, it was basically like a, just a, a team deathmatch game where you know you have two different sides and it's just all multiplayer and it was really fun diving yeah. into that universe and being heroes and villains and blah, blah, blah. So that's never going to happen now, or at least it's unlikely. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little worrying that they're making them so frequently. But I think if there's there's a solo film sandwiched in the middle between of the episodes and that has a totally different team for the most part, like a different director, then I think they can, uh, you know, assuming they bring their A game with it. uh, It's something to definitely look forward to. So solo movie like Han Solo. Oh yes! <laughs> All right, I'm let's. I'm going to try to hit some questions from the right. from the the SG Man video questions form and the general discussion form. Um, sure. So this is from shall be shall become a bat two a bat two, um, and the reason is which I need to contact him because apparently he can't access his original account, which um, that sh- we should be able to figure that out. If people have um, if if you're having login issues, like I know some people are having like Facebook login issues, just um contact me and I I can um guide you to the right person. The easiest way is on Twitter. Um, contact Danny Chi, D A N N I C H I. He'll he'll be able to straighten things out. Like you know, look up your account and all that stuff. Also, um, sorry. Uh, also, a common problem is people that have spaces in their usernames. Mm-hmm. You have to now use an underscore. Yeah, and like like mine is weird because like my I, we used to have hyphens, and I think we stopped doing hyphens because like when when Giant Bomb rolled out, that was uh, the second Wh- whiskey media site. I I couldn't have a hyphen in my name, so over there it's just G M A N, Gaman. Gaman. But then when I yeah on on yeah so it's just weird stuff but we should be able to figure it out anyways shall I become a bat too um, says what I always wanted to ask um, uh, so it would be great if I got a writer in as a guest so 
I got a comic vine writer. <laughs> um, <laughs> settle. I'm sorry. Yeah. Says why Germans are still mostly depicted as horrible people or bad guys in comics. So shall become a bat too is German and not a Nazi or evil raping scientist. Um, so he, he's bothered by this. Um, and he says, I get that writers use Nazi villains like red skull and that is absolutely fine with me, but I would love to see more German heroes in comics. Magneto's German. Um, then we have Nightcrawler, but he's dead. Um, and he's mentioned some other ones. So, and I, I don't know. It's just, it's a stereotype. I mean, there, there's no real answer to it. Um, I guess, you know, I never really thought about it so much. And, you know, you don't, you don't have a lot of characters from Germany aside from the ones mentioned. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, unfortunately it sounds like it's, we kind of write about what we we know, and it sounds like a lot of people just when they think of Germany and vi- of villains, that's what comes to mind. Sadly, um, it, it would be cool if a writer was listening to this and was inspired to, like, for Marvel, make Captain Germany kind of like Captain Britain or something. But uh, yeah, the only one that comes to mind is Nightcrawler, and it's it's unfortunate that he's gone. Yeah, I guess it's just it's it's too easy, which is unfortunate. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's almost a trope. At this point, just the the German scientist. That's a terrible accent, but yeah. you know, the evil German guy, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, but it's like you know, you don't really have a lot of. I guess you have some characters from like South America, because you know we, we talked about that before, like characters from Brazil. You know, there there's there's some, but I don't know. I guess I mean maybe at some point they'll stop doing that as we get you know further and further away from you know the World War Two era and all that. So. Yeah. It's just, it's, I guess it's, I, I don't know how I'd feel if, I mean, I guess, cause you know, we don't really have a stereotype, you know, in the United States. Isn't, isn't Maverick actually German, but he's not necessarily, he kind of tiptoes the line of being a hero and a villain. I don't know. He's the, uh, the mercenary related yeah. to Weapon X. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what his, yeah. I don't even know if he's alive or dead now. Cause it's like he lost his mutant powers and then I think he got killed, but then he showed up later and. Yeah. So I don't know. So I sorry, um can't answer your question, but maybe next time I if I get an actual writer we can have the, <laughs> have them because you and I we, we have no say in the matter. Yeah, so put that dude on the spot. Get someone else like how come all you guys do this? Why do you hate Germans? Yeah. Why does Greg hate Batman? Um <laughs> He's losing every single does Batman yeah. always win from now on. Shall become a bat too says, my second question is about trade waiting. I'm a trade waiter since I prefer to hardcovers and trade single issues, but I don't have the money to buy everything two times and read already almost too many ongoings from DC, Marvel, and Vertigo. How does my buying factor into the sales? I sometimes feel guilty that I don't buy the single issue since I have a feeling my vote with my wallet comes too late in the books and I don't support the creators the time they may need it. That's it. This is a, a touchy area because – like when you know James Robinson was on, you know, he he mentioned several times that with the Shade miniseries, um, that there is consideration of it getting canceled, and I I do believe a lot of people were traded waiting that because the Starman Omnibus Omnibuy, or you know people love those, you know they have them hardcover and paperback, and and so they were probably hoping to get. Starman in hardcover as well to go along with the other books, but 
the sales just weren't that great. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but then you also see what they're starting to do. Like I was surprised when Hawkeye was releasing trade paperback, Mm. but then I guess they, they have announced that it's going to be available in an oversized hardcover. So that's, that's the other bad thing where, you know, now you have three different versions to get. I imagine at DC it does play a part because they've canceled some books before a trade paperback can even come out, like the the sort of sorcery title, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh Justin Jordan jumped on Deathstroke and before he could get a trade, they said, Good day, sir. Yeah. And and the other thing is, you know, you, you can kind of see with, with DC is some some will go straight to hardcover or you know, the release hardcover and others go straight to trade paperback. So it's like mm-hmm. What are you trying to say that, you know, people don't want to pay to X? Because, you know, some people don't want the hardcovers. They prefer to trade paperbacks because they're, they're cheaper. But then, you know, there's the, the few crazy people like us that want the hardcover because it looks nice and, you know, it's, it's durable. But DC also, they wait so long to release their trades. So yeah. it's, it's like, you know, if, if you want to get started in series, you have to wait versus, you know, Marvel's releasing them, you know, pretty quickly. So it's it's easier to, you know, to, to pick up the trade and then you know even like um like like I know Valiant does that also. I don't yeah, know if, if you got a recent package from them. Yeah, they're pumping out the trades pretty quickly, and they're thankfully they're making them affordable too. I think they're only like nine ninety nine each or something like that. Yeah. Not to shamelessly promote them or anything. Oh no, but yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm at your local retailer. Some people say we don't talk about them enough, and and that's that's something that um that tends to happen on the regular podcast when you know we we talk about the week's comics because um, mm-hmm. you know there there's some books that that I'll read digitally, and you know Valiant tends to be one of them, and so when when I'm sitting in the podcast room with a stack of comics, I usually forget, you know the ones that I read digitally. And that happens like there'll be an occasional, you know, uh, you know, dark horse or even like, like, like this last or not last, last times like daredevil. I read that digitally and not, not physical copy. Um, only because, uh, the comic shop that I went to, they, their order got, got shorted. So they didn't have any physical copies. So it's, it's someone said, we, you know, we don't talk about Valley enough, but it's like, we forget. And even, you know, when Matt was on, he didn't talk about Exo Manowar. You know, you reviewed it, so he dropped the ball there. And even if we don't talk about it that frequently, we're still on top of reviews for all their titles. Yeah, and I—I I don't know. If, um, I think this was on a podcast. Someone, I, I th- there's a, a, another comment about this is how you know we we tend to mainly talk about Marvel and DC, but I was like, you know, that's not really the case because you know we review we, we review pretty much every Valiant book that comes out. You know, you you and Matt do. Yeah, we, we cover all of them. I was actually I I was totally planning on doing Harbinger the that that week when Eleven came out because you were you took the day off, mm-hmm. and I, I was gonna review it for you, but I just I having my meetings that I, I'm starting to have now on Wednesdays. I just I didn't have time to do that, and but it's like we we do a, usually at least one or or two image books or you know IDW sometimes Dark Horse. But what I said is that's the sad thing is, you know, because I, I really look at page views for things and mm-hmm. you, you see the the views on the reviews for the 
indie books, if you want to call them that, they're not as great as Marvel and DC. So it's like we could try to do more to, to push these books, but we also at the same time, you know, we have to give people what they want. We, you know, we're, we're in a sense trying to force them to read other stuff, trying to educate them, I guess, or open their minds to other things. But you know, when when we're you know, can only do so X amount of reviews a week. We we can't pick stuff that no one's going to, you know, be interested in. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing to decide. I mean, we have people saying they want more coverage of different publishers, but then when we do do something, it, uh, the result isn't that stellar compared to the other work. I mean, I, I've done contests with Valiant. Uh, I've done interviews with Valiant. I even did, a feature saying why you should check out Valiant and wade next to, you know, the other features we have or or bits of news from Marvel and DC. It's, it really pales compared to that. And that's, you know, unfortunately that's slightly discouraging. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's tough because, you know, for us, as we are the, you know, the voice of the sites or, or whatever, you know, we can dictate what we put up there. And it could be that, you know, if we do more indie coverage, maybe we can convert some people. But at the same time, if, if they're so strictly Marvel or DC, then they may go elsewhere to, to seek that out. And I also think a lot of people these days, you know, they're because they're they're limited on their budget. You know, they they don't want to try other things. You know, they, they stick with what they know. Yeah. And, and that's that's also kind of a bad thing because then, you know, they only read. Batman and Avengers books or X-Men books, you know, they, they don't want to try something else. And that's exactly why, um, in my weekly best battles, I usually try to give different publishers love, but, uh, every now and then, you know, one publisher, like last, uh, I, I don't even know how the time is going to work out because we're recording this like a week before it airs. But at this point in time, my most recent best battles, all of them went to Marvel, which I, you know, I kind of hated doing. Not that I, dislike marvel by any measure i just enjoy you know giving different books love like obviously i uh, try to give valiant books some uh time in there if the battle you know is good enough and with a book like uh xo man war and it's doing a story called planet death i mean obviously that's going to be showing up pretty frequently mm-hmm. so I, I do my best to try and show people what it is that at least when it comes to the action that's so enjoyable about these books so hopefully that, you know, at least gets one new reader every now and then, I, I would like to believe. Yeah. And then also you introduced the um, the weekly segment that we have, Why You Should Read. And I, I recommended Luther Strode. I, I There's so many Marvel and DC things that I really wanted to recommend when it was my turn recently. But I figured, you know, I, I should do my best to, you know, get something else out there. And that's why I picked Luther Strode because I legitimately love that. And hopefully it appeals to the crowd. That's like, Hey, you guys, you know, you give Marvel and DC too much attention. Yeah. I mean, it's always discouraging. Cause I, you know, I've, I've tried to do other, you know, things here and there. And it, it's, it's, it's sad when you, you know, you don't, don't see the views. So it's, I don't know. It's like, you know, we, we we're it's, it's like a battle, but it's like, we have to give people what they want. And we also have to try to do other things. So, mm-hmm. well, we'll get there eventually. I mean, people will, will catch on or, you know, they'll discover it. Um, next question is from Nutzak4888. 
He says, I was just wondering if you're keeping up with Chew from Image. John Lehman and Rob Glory have been killing it, and the series just continues to keep getting better. I am behind on Chew. Um, I have never given it a shot. It's it yeah it, it is a great series. Um, because I, I know I reviewed some series some issues early on, but that kind of fell into the, the the same category we're talking about. You know, I I would take the time to do that, and this was also when um we did more video reviews for like you know we would I would do like seven video reviews and and post one like every day for the, you know the week's comics, hmm. and you know it was a matter of you know, what the views, you know, choose has a lot of acclaim, you know, people love it, but it's, it's still not, not getting, you know, a lot of traffic. So it, it comes to that, that, you know, picking and choosing what you can put up. And, and so, and it, it just, with so many books that, that come out every week, I just, I just fell behind. And I, I know, um, Matt is reading it also, and I, I know he's behind on it. So it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard once you start falling behind it just it's it snowballs snowballs on you. You just get further and further behind, and then yeah. Um, second thing, want to share an observation? Also, ask your opinion about issues of books selling out. Was wondering why it seems that many titles outside the big two sell out and go to second printing much faster and more often than the, those books instead of inside the big two. Is it due to the fact that there are less issues printed, or is it something else, or is it just my imagination? Uh, this has to do with. I mean, it, it, sometimes I, I kind of chuckle when when I see someone say this issue sold out. You know, it's going to second because, you know, the the bigger question is how many copies did the first issue actually sell? Because what uh, most retailers do, they they look at the the orders that comic shops put in. They look at the numbers. So if uh, you know, comic only has. 20,000, you know, around 20,000 orders versus another book might have 120,000, you know, both of those could sell out. It doesn't mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. So especially with, with outside the big two, you know, they're going to have a lower print run. And then when they do sell out, if, if something happens, people catch on or whatever, then they're like, okay, we need to make more of these, you know, so people can, can, and get their hands on it. So that that's the reason why the other ones will sell out faster because there's just less of them out there. So uh, I feel like a little star should go by and say, the more you know. Yeah. Um third question. Who knew that Luke Skywalker was such a ladies' man? And speaking of which, <laughs> I know this is dated, but I recently watched Return of the Jedi, and it still creeps me out that Leia's response to Luke telling her that they are brother and sister is, I think I've always known. No one can forget the near-death post-nerf herder comment kiss, yet she says she's always known. Thoughts? Um, I This is something that's always kind of bothered me, too, because there's a really great book, another novel, and this was, I think, Alan Dean Foster, um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Just look at a great cover. I absolutely love the cover of that. Um, but I, from what I recall, because I haven't read this book in, like, forever – but there is a scene where Luke and Leia are flying separately in, in ships, and Luke's kind of like thing is just like it's like oh yeah you know it's, he's not getting like perverted or anything, but he's he's like it's like yeah I kind of like Leia and you know he's like he's he has some feelings for her, but it's like dude that's your sister, so it's it's just weird. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I don't have a sibling, so I can't speak from experience. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I have a brother, but, you know, that's different. I mean, there, there, there are a few other stories out there where people meet for the first time and they're adults and something happens. And then, unfortunately, they realize they're related. I won't say other examples because that gives away big twists to, you know, yeah. a film or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> as for her saying... I think I've always known. I mean, that's she said. Think it's she's not saying I knew you were my brother all along, and a kiss seemed harmless at the time to make him jealous. I mean, she just I don't know. Maybe it was just a tiny hunch, and at the time, her her desire to make Han was uh, overwhelming compared to the logic that hey, there's a slight chance I'm related to this dude who yeah. I've never seen before in my life and is from a different planet. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, huge galaxy, you know, it's like, yeah. what are the, what are the chances that, you know, someone you meet, it's like, happens to be, you know, your your sibling. Exactly. But I, I think originally, I don't, I don't know if they weren't intended to be siblings and then that, that changed. I mean, there, there's all this debate because, you know, supposedly Lucas had the whole story written out or outlined, you know, he knew how it was going to begin and end and all that. But then think, I don't know, I don't know what the, what the actual... um truth is it a matter but yeah that's always been kind of a weird thing where you, you think about that and you know they never did anything that we know of so <laughs> no I, I would like to believe it ended with that kiss that that was it <laughs> yeah and maybe because then you know it was after that is when she kind of realized that she had feelings for han mm. and and you know maybe that that kiss was like in back to the future where she's like it's like kissing my brother how does the mom not recognize the guy that she had the hots for when she was younger? She probably forgot. So, it's like, do you uh, do you remember? He got, how long was he in the past? Like a week? He was. He I was, don't know, but she like she I was think like he head was, over heels for him. I think he was he was there for a week, and she was a young girl. She had just you know brief crush. It was and, the best week of her life, Tony. No, yeah, it was the best week because <laughs> then then she fell for George. And that's what what changed, you know, the, the enchantment under the sea or whatever, and <laughs> that that you know that out outshined some some dude that you know he became a fuzzy memory because it was all about George, and then he wrote the book about Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, <laughs> and you know it's not like they you know had camera phones and you know she took a picture of them. So she may kind of remember that's it. That's a good point. That's that's actually a really good point. She's and, purely relying on her memory. And it's like 30 years later, you're not going to say, wow, you know, you, my, my kid looks just like this one guy that was in my high school for a week and then just disappeared. That's what I, that's actually, that's what I want to know. It's like, what's the cover story that all of a sudden he disappeared? You know, Calvin Klein, where'd he go? <laughs> you know. He appears later on. He, yeah. He's very successful. Yeah. So, okay, next question from Nedzak. Why is S.H.I.E.L.D. so inept? And I'm not talking about the agents like Hawkeye and Black Widow, but the regular blue uniform with white sash soldiers. Has there ever been a story where they weren't completely outmatched? I'm sure there has been. Um, Yeah, there has to be somewhere out there. But, I mean, in general, when it comes to characters in uniform, they're usually just cannon fodder because there's so many of them. And the focus is on the more dangerous characters. Yeah, because um, because like 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 Clay Quartermain, I don't know if he's still alive or not in the comics, but you know he was around for a while. And see, because you you can't really consider Nick Fury or Dum Dum Dugan 
you know, cause they're, I guess they're kind of like special cases. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I guess there is some validity to this point, you know, cause in the Marvel universe, it's all about, about the superheroes, but also in Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, the series, um, that Brian Reed wrote where she, she had her own like shield strike force for, for a few issues. And like machine man was, was part of it. And there was like, I think like agent cheesecake and <laughs> all these other, so they're, they're not all inept, but I, I think pr- the, the main thing is they want the heroes to outshine mm-hmm. the others because that's why people are reading the books for these flashy spandex wearing people. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, this next question, I don't know. What is the current age of comics? I mean, there there isn't one. It's just, you know, because we had the Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age. And then it's like after that, it's like, I, I forget what they, I think DC, refer, I don't know what they referred to it. If it, was, it wasn't the Dark Age. It's the WTF Age. Because there was something like in the in the 80s, I mean, when um like Dark Knight Returns came out and like, you know, Hal Jordan, you know, killing everyone, you know, things just got like really like grim and gritty. Then like the nineties, you know, you had, you know, Punisher and Ghost Rider and Wolverine, you know, and, but also in the nineties, I, I referred to nineties, like the gimmick age, you know, when you had all the hologram and foil covers, all that. But I think they just refer to it as a modern age, but that's like not, there's no official name and no, like what's what's the cutoff because like the silver age i think began like in the 50s and i think it was um i think it was like showcase number eight i think it was number eight where like barry allen i think some people refer to that the first appearance of of barry allen flash as being like the first silver age comic so i don't know what the current age is Hmm. um and next question is was wondering what you think of cyclops new costume as a long-time diehard fan of the character, I absolutely love the direction he has been taken in, and the costume is a welcome change. However, I wish his hair was showing like it did back in the 90s instead of him wearing a one-piece leotard. So what do you think of his... his- I, I can live without seeing the hair. Um, I mean, in the 90s, he also had the, the yellow undies and the random set of pouches, which I have no idea what was in those pouches. So, I mean, I, I like the design. At first, it was... I mean, it takes a little warming up to, I think, just having a big X on his face. But I, I think it's fitting. It almost but, seems like it'd be hard because I, I would assume that the, the visor part is in the X. Yeah. So it, it's also weird how it, it comes out because, you know, it's supposed to be like a single flat blast. But mm. it's, if it's a wider beam, that's, yeah. And it, it's almost like the X would be covering his eyes like he wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, I'm a little confused about that, whether the X, uh, his eyes are in the X or whether or not they're in the gap in between the sides. Because it's kind of changed from picture to picture, I feel. Yeah, and that would be distracting too. Like if, let's say there was like a, a, like a flat, clear, you know, going across his face, like kind of like a sun, you know, you can see sunglasses that have like design stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And, but you can kind of see like a shadow of whatever the image is on, on the lens. So if the top of his mask was, you know, or if he had like, 
if it was like an eye, eye part over his eyes, but then the X was crossing over, you think that would just kind of be distracting or annoying. Mm-hmm. So also mess around with his peripheral vision. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm all, all right with, with the look. Yeah. The look is fine. I think when we try to dive into the technicalities of how it works, there's a, Definitely a lot of questions, but um, I mean, there's far more ridiculous things out there. Yeah, um, and as far as the hair, I I don't know. Um, my problem is heroes that wear masks, and then when they take off their masks, and then their hair is like like perfectly styled. Yeah, they should have hat hair, like major hat hair, because you know if you put on like a ski mask or something, you know your hair is like smooshed down, and I mean. I guess it depends on your hairstyle, but if if I do that, I mean it it looks silly. It's like all like yeah. So I I could never if if I was ever to become a superhero, and I'm not saying that I am or I'm not because I can't reveal that. <laughs> but it's like cannot confirm or deny that. Yeah, I I wouldn't be able to wear like a a, a mask that covers my hair unless I was going to carry like a baseball cap and I could just you know take the mask off, put the cap on. You, it, makes me, it, it makes me think about Arrow where he wears the hood and he just kind of like – it's not necessarily spray paint. But um, <laughs> there have been – Eye makeup. Yeah, there have been cases in that show where he's had to you know do something as Arrow and then run to another scene to you know get a cover story. He's got like, and then his face is totally clear. It's like he washed it off perfectly. He must have like, like this makeup remover like wet naps yes. or something and just like wipes it all off. He has a trick arrow that cleans his face or applies makeup, I suppose. But it's also funny. It's like when he wears a hood, because I, I, I was trying to catch. I'm, I'm behind it. I'm behind on everything. Jeez. Um, I was trying. I, I watched a, a few episodes uh, the other day, and there's a part where he puts a mask on. And he just like he pulls it down so low. And it's like, how are you seeing? Yeah, he's, he's got to be like <laughs> he's looking at people's feet. It's like, yeah. oh, those those high heels look dangerous. It must be a bad, bad person. Seems a little counterproductive if you're trying to see everything around you as an archer, but uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Let's see. Evolution 2K1 says, Lady Shiva, Cheshire, Deathstroke, and Deadshot are having a scavenger hunt. Um, their clue leads to a target to be assassinated. Who do you put your money on? Um, I would put all of my money and then some on Deathstroke. He is he is the smartest of the batch. He might not be as skilled as Lady when it comes to hand to hand, but when it comes to physicals and all the gear he has on top of, <clears throat> excuse me, his intellect, I think that makes him the deadliest out of the bunch. And Deathstroke's obviously the most accurate, but I mean, there's there's been an example where Deathstroke has defeated Deadshot, even when he was paired with Bronze Tiger. So, and I love Deadshot. I would want to root for him, but my money would be on Slade. So you're you're putting your money on a guy who couldn't def- necessarily defeat the Teen Titans. Oh, he couldn't defeat Robin in in the, the short shorts and the, the the booties. For every embarrassing loss he has, he has like ten, which are totally ridiculously impressive feats, though. So he's got some embarrassing moments in his history, but overall, the dude is ridiculously impressive to me. No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I would say, and now with Lady Shiva, you know, it's hard to say since we don't really know who she is now, you know, right, what, what right. her she status is. Those, uh, those poison daggers now. And I, the, I was thinking about new pre 52. I totally forgot about the new one with her. Shredder dinosaur costume. Ninja look. Yeah. I'm telling you, she looks like a dinosaur ninja, like a stegosaurus ninja or something. Yeah. She'd be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
<laughs> fit right in. And <laughs> that would actually. And Cheshire, um, who I think she is coming. I think she is coming to the new 52. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, cause she, we haven't seen her. It's like, what's, what's her story? Does she exist? Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but before, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't put her above like Deathstroke or Lady Shiva. So yeah, she, she's definitely good, but I mean, those, those other characters are just way up there. Yeah. Um, and then second from Ivolution to K1 <laughs> superheroes dress really revealing nowadays, but that's what, but what's even worse is the shoes they wear. I even saw a Batgirl issue a few months back. She was wearing heels. I mean, seriously, how can you expect to leap from building to building while in heels? <laughs> Sarah and I, a long time ago, we actually did a video talking about like boots and that. And you know, she she claimed that you know you can run in, in heels, but I was like, no, you can't, because like in the movies, they you know they either they break their heel mm-hmm. and they're, they're they're hopping around on one one shoe. Or, you know, they kick off their heels and, you know, they're running barefoot. So, I, I don't know about, about the the heel thing. It doesn't seem practical to me, but I don't wear heels. So, I I, sure? I can't comment on, on the practicality of it. But I do agree that it's, you know, if you have a bit of a heel, if it's, you know, when you see like the solid boots. But if it's like a separate heel, it's, it seems like you, you could stumble a lot more. Yeah. So It doesn't seem practical at all. Yeah. And speaking of revealing clothing, oh my god, Starfire. Did you read Red Hood and the Outlaws 19? Yeah. That is not even a costume. That's like a few accessories. It's weird because it I I thought that they were changing her costume when she wore that like space commander suit. Yeah. When when um her whatever people came back. And and then, you know, she wore that for like that arc and then she went back to her old costume. So I don't know if Fans wanted to return to the other one rather than having her covered head to toe. I mean, but, she's not covered head to toe like at all now, though. It's like covered just in the parts that should be covered, and then everything else is out there, except for her shoulders. Those are those are nicely covered. Everything else, though, is uh, very visible. I, I think the the bigger thing is what's going on with her eyebrows. I don't know if you caught <laughs> I that. I did not notice that. Her her eyebrows go all the way up to her hairline. I have to look at the issue again now. It's, I didn't it's, notice that. It's just it's 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 pretty weird. Hmm. So, I think that's where we're going to end this podcast. This is Starfire. I mean, I don't. I mean, so that that's the thing with, with with Starfire. I really like the character. You know, I I'm a huge fan of the original Teen Titans, and um, you know, I, I I keep going on and on about that. Um, I you know, and she's she's had elements of, of you know the whatever the sexuality part and you know it's like when she first met them you know she she couldn't speak the language and she did have to kiss you know robin to to learn the language so you know you you have that stuff but sometimes it's just like ah it's like i don't know and then in the uh the new series she was with both roy and jason well she was never really with jason i don't think it was I thought it was implied. I, I don't remember seeing them together, but I thought well, it was implied. They did a flashback in issue six when they first met, and it, it seemed like they just kind of hung out and like mm-hmm. watched like the, the the moon or you know whatever, and they just like bonded. It's like I don't think they I don't think they really did do anything, and I, I think that's why in the first issue 
when he goes to leave and he sees um, Corey and Roy in, in bed, you know, sleeping after whatever they did. He's just like, eh, that, that's that's fine. So <laughs> I don't know. But I, I mean, I really like the character and it, it, it felt like at like later on, like Labdell was making, you know, her more respectable. I guess you want to say, you know, because there is all the controversy in the first issue. It's like, it's like, no, there, there's more to it than that. So it's like, I don't know that that costume. It just seems so weird. It's, it's like, why would you wear that costume? And and you know, there there's going back to the original Teen Titans. There was a point where they're out at the pool and she was, you know, not wearing anything because she's like, what's the big deal? And then you know, so she had to learn to wear, you know, clothing. So if, if she's okay with not wearing clothing, she doesn't need to wear it. Why would she wear such a small, tiny, not even a costume? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's definitely a double standard when it comes to the way characters are dressed. Women are often incredibly revealing, and while while the guys are obviously super muscular, and the I'm not even going to go into details about other aspects of superhero uh, dudes and their tight costumes. But there, there's definitely a double standard. I mean, the equivalent would be like a guy posing awkwardly and uncomfortably wearing like a thong and a onesie or something. So it's it's definitely a, a little unfair when it comes to how the, the ladies look. But I mean, at the same rate, isn't this an industry mostly driven by male readers? Obviously, that's not to be disrespectful for the females readers. But I mean, it, for the most part, I was under the impression that the demographic of comic books is there's at least a slight majority that is male. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, but it's, it's unfortunate because yeah, I mean, the thing is it's, it's like, I, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with, you know, if, if people are buying comics to see that stuff, but it's not why I'm I, buying comics. I'm saying that's wrong. I, I do not think people should be buying comic books just to check out how women are dressed or look at, attractive women i i think people should be going to read comic books because they're fascinated by the characters and the powers and the stories i I think there's so much more to this medium than just oh hey look that girl's barely wearing anything i mean if that's that just seems like a waste of money if that's why they're doing that i'm not going to recommend other options that's all i'm saying yeah yeah i don't know i don't i don't get it and it it is unfortunate because you know there's it's it's like there's some comics. I was like, well, I'm not taking this comic home. You know, I don't want my my nine year old daughter to to see this and get the wrong idea. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not trying to be prude. Expressing no, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just seems like a big double standard in the industry to me. It is, but like you said, I guess there's that majority of people that that's what they want, and or that's what they expect, or that's what the publishers think people want. So I don't know. I mean, it's. It's a weird, weird area. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, so I guess we're going to end the show on, on that note. <laughs> it's like kind of bummer. It's like, sorry, people. But. On the plus side, when this is airing, Iron Man 3 comes out in uh, two days, correct? Yes. So yeah. so we can end on that note. Go Iron Man. Have fun. Yeah. So there, <laughs> there you go. All right. So you've been listening to the Invincibly Super Magic Comic Book Podcast stuff. If you have questions, um, you can go to the general forum. Look for the Ask G-Man video questions thread. Um, I used to do a video. I still do a, a weekly video where I kind of answer like one question, maybe two. Um, you can also go on Twitter 
Um, just do the hashtag Ask G-Man. Answer questions there. And let Greg know on anywhere he's at who you want him to write Batman versus who would win. <laughs> So. Next next week, or actually, which, which I, I don't know how the time thing is going on, but the newest Does Batman Always Win will not be a Marvel or DC character. It'll it'll be a different publisher. But isn't your rule kind of like you don't do DC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, correction. It will not be a Marvel character. Yeah, so it'll never be DC because... I, I think it's more interesting because Batman, you know, he, he does have a plan for virtually everyone. Yeah. So, I think if you put him in a random character, a character can't talk. Random encounter with someone, it makes it more interesting because he doesn't know anything about them and they don't know anything about him. Yep. All right. So, keep an eye out for that. All right. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thank you for having me. So, we'll have to figure out, we'll have to coordinate our Iron Man coverage, see what we think, see if we agree or not. Sounds good to me. All right. So thanks, everyone, and we'll have another show. We should definitely have a podcast this week. So talk to you guys later. So so my question is, is, could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book best affects you most emotionally. That's the question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two.